Hey Zen friends, welcome to Crazy Zen Life. I'm your host, Brittany Swan. And I'm your host, Shannon Kessler. Join us as we navigate life on and off our yoga mats. This is a podcast about mom life, boss life, and body life. Real conversations about self-discovery and the journey of becoming more mindful in this crazy Zen life. I love a good Friday Eve. Just (laughs) makes me happy. Friday Eve. We thrive on a Friday Eve. I know. Thursday is where it's at. Popping off with social catch-ups, doing a little laundry talk. I mean... Hitting it heavy. Thursday feels like fun day. And although that's why Friday's episode last week took so long for me to release, because I was like, listen, I need a minute. (laughs) You're a little... Uh, hungy hungover yeah <laughs> it was bad it was all kinds of bad yeah that's what um it went with like it was a funny one it was a funny one man i do Rewatching watching <laughs> it i was like what the hell are we talking about what the hell no i was just somewhere yesterday um and she was talking about laundry talk and she's like did you guys not know that you were on i was like well we knew we were on but sometimes the phone gets tricky and i can't tell if we're actually like recording because, like, if there's no people popping up, then I can't tell if we're actually live or if it's we just didn't us. Know. We didn't really know. We so. didn't know for a minute. <laughs> and I was like, what did we just talk about? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about, we were talking about some crazy stuff. Yeah. And it, it, if you haven't tuned into Laundry Talk, I do recommend it because it's yeah. really funny. We think it's funny. It's I, funny. You know, yeah. I don't know. You might be like, these girls are annoying. There's nothing groundbreaking that happens in Laundry Talk. It is just a bunch of giggles. So if you just need to press play and have something to laugh at, that's for you. We talked about pirates and syphilis, and yeah. then we talked about chicken nuggets <laughs> in a span of 20 seconds. Right. So that's just to give you like an outline yeah. of what's going on. We have an outline here today. We do. We do have an outline today. Lots and going on this week. Yeah. This this was a big news week, or lots to catch up on this lots week in the, in the socials. Um, and we're going to start off with the uh, trial of Derek Chauvin. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this week, Derek Chauvin was found guilty on three charges of which he was accused of in the murder of George Floyd that happened last May. Um, He was charged with second degree unintentional murder, charged with third degree murder, and then second degree manslaughter. Mm -hmm. And then we'll find out what he's going to be sentenced in about eight weeks is usually what happens. And I mean, these look like they're going to be pretty heavy hitting sentences, but I don't know. I mean, since this is like his first time, I, you know, I think that that weighs in his favor as far as like sentencing goes. I mean, he's going to get sentenced, yes, but I don't think it's going to like, you know, second degree and intentional murder carries a 40 year sentence. I don't think he's going to get the max sentence for that. But I have listened I to some does. legal experts on NPR and they were saying that it's not. Yes, he hasn't had any prior convictions in any way, but they are weighing the magnitude in which this could affect cases moving forward oh great and okay. so something like this that does that is something that a judge takes into account well i hope they do and i really hope they do and one of the things that really piqued my interest in this trial was when the minneapolis police chief um took the stand and you know his whole claim was like and i'm going to read this verbatim but in mm-hmm. no way shape or form is anything that he did by policy it is not part of our training and it is certainly not a part of our ethics and values so when he says that Chauvin violated policies around the de-escalation and the objectivity of using that type of force, that was not the protocol in mm-hmm. that office. And I know that that the you know that whole police department is going to be under investigation for a long time, which in every right it should be. Um, I did find it, it, it somewhat comforting that the police chief was like, 
you know, he, no, this is not how we train people to act. This was, you know, a, a malice, you know, decision by this cop that took this, you know, as a protocol, which it was not, and turned it into a death sentence for this, you know, for George Floyd. So I was like, you know, I'm, I was really glad to hear him say that and speak up on that. Yeah, because um, it's not policing. It's not policing. This is not, there's no way defined policing. Right. So I think one of the questions that people are asking, you know, is did George Floyd receive justice? And I don't think that he did. You know, I think no. I think putting Derek Chauvin away is a step in the right direction. But I think until the police reform can happen where black bodies are no longer being murdered at the hands of police officers, that's when the justice will start. Mm-hmm. And I know that the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act um, is going to Congress and they're, you know, they're tackling this now. And I don't know when we're going to see actual legislation prove forward on that, but that's going to help eliminate like the banning of chokeholds and no knock warrants and things that they're not needed Mm-mm. at this point. And, but this is, those are the thing, the kind of things that police officers are hiding behind when they do go to trial for this saying like, no, it look, this is within my rights to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, let's take that shit off the table because that's no longer necessary. But you're a trained Yes, you are a civilian because you walk around here, but like you're not, you're a trained civilian that has weapons at their disposal. And not only weapons, you have other people backing you that have weapons. Exactly. So you have access to that when these so-called perpetrators mm-hmm. um, that have, I mean, basically are not weaponized in some, unarmed, right? don't have backup. To, so, and you're taking advantage of that. Yes. And so you, you should be held at a higher standard. And by the way, like they are trained to do different chokeholds and and yes. different things. I'm like, wow, that's shouldn't you be held accountable? You should. So yes, I don't think yeah. George Floyd reached justice, but I think Derek Chauvin is getting is joint for his account- accountability. Like this, you're being held accountable for your actions. Yes, I agree. And I don't, I don't know. Like, is it is the system just trying to make a statement with Chauvin mm. being like, you know? If we don't do this, what's going to happen? Instead right. of this is actually what should happen to this man. Does that make sense? So it's like mm-hmm. I'm hoping and I'm trending. I'm hope that it trends to the you know to the ladder of like no, listen, we're gonna enough is enough, and let's you know police people with some type of integrity, not just killing black people, you know when it's convenient, which seems to be a lot at the hands of police right now. So yeah. you it's know, it's not good. It yeah. is not good. Um, the I have listened to other types of legal experts as well, and they're saying that um, although this is a step in the right direction, they do fear that it was basically this level of you can't argue the video. And there's yes. not always going to be video. And so that's what's making kind of disheartening because at what stake does there ha- so there has to be a video for for black lives to matter basically right and is that the president we're setting right like, because you visually saw it you had to see the honesty with your own eyes and that's that can't argue a visual right and seeing nine minutes and 27 seconds of a guy's knee being on george floyd's neck so and, and that's what the questions they have to ask themselves like and two that's what the justice system has to ask themselves like is this it unless right. there's a video yeah <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, and I would I would have a hard time thinking if I was a part of that community, I need a video. I need someone to have my back like that. If, right. If I'm if I come in encounter with a police officer. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I know that's what body cams are for, but, but they're well, not always on. They're not always on. They're not always giving the, the type of footage that actually, because it has to be beyond reasonable doubt. And mm-hmm. that's another thing that's, I mean, you know, if, if like I, I understand that lawyers are put in place to help bring justice and whatnot, but like there are also lawyers out there that argue the, the opposite side of the case and their whole job is to, you know, show you evidence and then show you why that that's not true. And I'm like, God, bless, yeah. like. You know. What does give me a little bit of hope is that when I was listening to NPR, so I'll, I'll link these because I, I mentioned them so much, that there was no questions from the jurors. Mm-hmm. And so that did lead to um, the defense saying, you know what, since there were no questions, this is probably going to come back guilty. Yeah. Because if there's probing questions and then so that that raises their concerns like, OK, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I where have I a doubt. Yeah, I have yeah. a doubt. So there was zero. Well, that's, yeah, that's good news. And they did go back and ask every single one, mm-hmm. like, what say you? And yeah. they pointed out, like, this is what you, and then they collectively had to say it. Right. So not only singled out exactly. together. I mean, I do think, like, when you watch that video and you are watching Chauvin just look directly into the camera's eyes, and there is zero remorse for what he's doing. It would be hard-pressed as a human being to look at that and be like, you know, he has doubt. No, he knew exactly what he was doing, and he didn't have any remorse for it. Mm-mm. So no, it's hard to watch. Um, I and I did rewatch it. Yeah, I because I, it had been almost eleven months, mm-hmm. so I wanted to really refresh my, I guess, my emotional state with it. And then I did fall down a really big, meaningful rabbit hole with it, watching you know George Floyd's family response to the verdicts. I just feel like we don't really, I can't really empathize a whole lot here because I only know from a white girl's perspective and right. um, I can only imagine what they sit with. Like this this will live in my mind forever, mm-hmm. like where I was and I heard the verdict and, yeah. and how this is basically life-changing, I'm sure, for a community, but they have to live with this every day. Exactly. And that's what, I'm like, this is, those visuals of a family member, like that doesn't go away. Like his daughter will have to see that. Yeah. Um, so I did listen to Van Latham and um, Rachel Lindsay's podcast, Higher Learning. Love it. It's been a okay. weekly listen. They did break down what the, what the verdict meant to them. Okay. And they had two contradictory, basically, outlooks. Okay. And I really appreciated both of them. Okay. And I highly recommend checking that podcast out because we'll, it's we'll, a really, yeah, I'll yeah. link that too. Yeah. Perfect. We'll do that because I, I feel like that's um, one of those conversations better delivered from members of the black community mm-hmm. instead of us regurgitating, you know, their thoughts. I think I that's totally think that too. definitely worth a listen. And as always, when we say this all the time, like you can help by creating change. You can help by putting people of color in power that are going to be at places where they get to make decisions, mm-hmm. especially that are going to benefit their community, their community and black lives. So if you want to know where you can help start there, right. how can you put somebody of color in power to make decisions for your community? Correct. So, other not decisions to, being not, made. <laughs> yes, not to just um, bypass. Just, but we're gonna, we're not going to transition on that one. It's hard to transition from something so yeah. groundbreaking as that. But the Bachelor had a big moment. Yes, and this is layered. So Gosh, this this <sighs> one was also one of those like. Wow, this is hard to sit with. This is a couple layers too, a couple layers deep. I have a pretty strong opinion on this, but I'll let you go ahead and break this down. Right. So Bachelor Colton Underwood comes out. So let's remind ourselves who Colton is. Because I had no idea who Colton was. Yeah. And he's not, he's very popular within the Bachelor Nation world. He first made headline or he first came on the scene in 2019 during Becca's season on The Bachelorette. And okay. through that season, he 
um, announced that he is a virgin. Not really for religious reasons, I would say, but I mean, he didn't take, he didn't, he didn't just put a stake there, but you can kind of tell that's maybe where he was leaning, but he did have a very big football career. He, like he played in the professional league and he was um, let go from the Raiders in 2016. So he participated um, in the fifth season of Bachelor in Paradise where his virginity was more of a a highlight they're like is he going to lose his virginity so mm-hmm. it was a big sexuality like okay. what you know it's it, it was like he was under a microscope but okay. it's not like he sh- he like shied away from it he kind of leaned into it okay and made himself very popular and then he came on as the 23rd bachelor so and then he after he left he becomes an e-correspondent so he did want to be in the public eye okay i think that's very important to know um so last week colton came out um, to Robin Roberts on Good Morning America. Okay. And says he's been living, this is his truth. He's been living this since he was six years old. He feels that he has been gay for, since a young child, He, but he felt he couldn't share it based on his upbringing and... Where's he from? Uh, Indiana. Indiana, okay. Mm-hmm. And so now he has, Netflix has given him a Well, let's talk about what happened to him after he got off The Bachelor, this, he okay. dated Casey Anderson. Is that her last name? Cassie. Cassie, sorry. Mm-hmm. So, um, Colton, okay, so let's go back to his season. That's, okay. a, that's a good point. I was going to address that after his, but um, so Colton, through his Bachelor season, being the 23rd Bachelor, he chose Cassie. Okay. And it was a very like knight in shining armor choosing like she t- chose to left leave the show um she was one of the final three and when she chose to leave he couldn't take it he felt just like that's my person he like i mean it's just like this infamous move where he just jumps over this fence and like goes after her and then they they ride off into the sunset together like that's okay. what you kind of think yeah. and then it they began a relationship they didn't get engaged okay like he made like i just want to be with you I, you know i understand like you're not ready for that let's just have a relationship and so they had a lot of ups and downs so this is where it gets sticky in may of last year a restraining order was put against colton by cassie um, for stalking inappropriate text and putting a tracking device on her car mm-hmm. and it and it's and i think there were other things led to it but that was what the initial court uh, proceedings had listed he is issued the restraining order and it was later dropped by in, her. By her yeah. in, um, I think, October. Mm-hmm. So, And they were settled out of court. They were settled out of court, and mm-hmm. they, and she has been silent. Yeah. Like, and she only speaks through sources, mm-hmm. and it's never like, sources say. Yeah. You know, so we don't know who that source is. Exactly. So she has never come out and said anything about this. And what's really disheartening to me is looking at how the Bachelor Nation... And if you've been listening to me for a while, I listen to all the podcasts Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I listen. There's a there's a list I go through. And during this time and then I know it was like heavy covid and social injustice. And I know it probably seemed to quite removed to talk about this, but it was like everyone spent 30 seconds. Yeah. Talking about, you know, this is abuse. Yes. This is not this is harmful behavior. This is emotional abuse. There were some um, verbal attacks. I mean, I mm-hmm. did see some things about some tech messages that went through and some phone calls that were recorded that were very threatening her life. Threatening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so while I understand what the, the country was going through and probably they thought it wasn't a good pulse. Yeah. 
it's like they still choose to not revisit it and it's just raising a lot of questions in my mind okay now i um and then when I say that about Bachelor Nation, these are people that have already been on Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And so they're part of this like community. So they all know each other. Right. So it's basically like our neighbors, like something yeah. happens and we all get together, but we choose not to talk about it. Right. It's like, yeah, we, you saw that, right? Right. Like, why, did, why didn't we ever talk about that? Yeah. Right. But so, now we know. Yeah. So, yeah. so now, but everyone knows it's public mm-hmm. knowledge. But they all kind of knew like this very up and down relationship and the emotional instability of Colton. But he is very like limelight centered. He wants to be in the limelight from what I've gathered listening to all this. So now what's right. really crazy is that he has come out to Robin Roberts. You know, we celebrate that. Absolutely. I love, I mean, anytime you have the bravery to come out and start to talk about your sexuality. And, you know, again, I think everyone's journey with that is is very personal. Um, people who choose to do it in the public eye, I think you do kind of have a responsibility to take Um, into account like how you share your story what you say in your story I mean it can be your story but also know that that is something if you're choosing to put this on you know a a national media platform you need to take responsibility of like you know what that comes with well and it's kind of we don't we didn't go through the whole me too movement for things like this to be swept under the rug and that right I think that's why it felt kind of icky to me I'm like well what, what do we what do we just go through like why can't we we are we if we're holding people really accountable right and, and part of this which um it, it was released that he's also going to have a netflix documentary documenting his coming out tour i guess you'd mm-hmm. say i'm not really sure how you decide to have a tour of it or why you feel the need to have a documentary on it that's you know my my opinion but like you said to your point what really infuriates me is that it's like wait a minute you verbally assaulted verbally abused emotionally abused a woman to the extent where she felt the need to get a restraining order against you you put a tracking device on her car you stalked her at her house you stalked at her parents house her parents house she felt so unsafe at her residence that she went to live with her parents and you still followed her there made her feel unstable and unsafe right so i have a very hard time with him being able to have this new open door this new like turned my page i've said i'm sorry kind of attitude and we're just supposed to be like oh, okay that's fine mm-hmm. so we're no longer i just don't feel like you need to put these types of relationships on on blast or on a pedestal because this is literally teaching people that it's okay that you go ahead and you can treat somebody this you way were living with your trauma. because you were living with your trauma mm-hmm. like your trauma can complicate it but that does not have. This does not excuse your behavior. It does not allow you to treat somebody in such a demeaning and like a manipulative way. And just because you were trying to deal with and sort out your business, does not mean it's okay that you put that on somebody else. And so, it's, and it's so layered too because you can kind of see we've been talking about love bombing. Mm-hmm. So if you take what probably their relationship was like, it was a lot of love bombing and it was a lot of, right. look what I, I'm giving you and giving you. And when she wasn't giving it back, he was like, how dare you? Exactly. And that's how a lot of that love bombing works. We, you know, yeah. with Holly Madison and with mm-hmm. F.A. Twigs. Yeah, yeah. F.A. Twigs. So yeah. it's, it, this is fitting right into it. 100%. And also if it makes me feel really icky because it's like you went on The Bachelorette, help me find love. Went yeah. on The Bachelor in Paradise. And also like, okay, help me navigate my virginity. And then, yes, and then like, help me on The Bachelor in Paradise. Help me on The Bachelor. Help me find love with my virginity. Help me do this. Now he's coming on gate. I need help. I need yeah. help. It's like, but he's like wanting the public to like. Give him yeah, approval. Give him like yeah. this. 
this weird sense of validation that mm-hmm. he's doing it the right way, but then you've but you've manipulated and kind of unhealthy put these expectations on women in your life, and and I don't I don't I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that either, and I don't think that you should be, you know, that. I hope Netflix takes this and I know there's a petition out there that, you know, I think over 25,000 people have signed for Netflix to, you know, not go through with this or not publish this because I think it's really important that you don't, you, you shouldn't be allowed to have this type of, you know, platform to, to do that. Like an influence. I, an influence. Exactly. Like I just, I, I just, I feel like it's in poor taste. I, I disagree with this. I mean, I, if you want to go and you want to do the work, Colton, oh, yeah. you yeah. go right ahead and you do that. And then if you've done the work and you're like, yes, I still would like public validation. I still want to come back and, and talk about this. After you've righted every wrong that you've done with that, then let's, you know and, what? And, you know, cross that path when you come to it. But it's like. This, and you can come out and I don't know how you're in having a gay guide and, and, and having and navigating this. I don't know what the if that's proper or not or how people in that community feel. I'm not I'm, I'm not yeah. of that community. I'm saying that for me, being a woman. And I, that's where I feel icky because I'm like yeah. this, you're giving this guy a platform that you're not addressing any of the other stuff that he's done. Exactly. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're giving you a pass. Right. And the, and I felt like the whole, the whole community has given them a, him a pass. And I'm like, why are we not talking about this? And even yeah. since this has come out, they're all celebrating him and no one's talking about Cassie. I, we do wonder mm-hmm. if it's being silenced. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I do think like anytime you settle something out of court, Mm. I think there's usually enough money involved that you don't want. It's fine if you don't tell your story or if you're like, you're kind of okay with it or, you know, what I'm, again, that is a broad general assumption. That is my opinion. That is my assumption. That is not, you know, what I, could that be happening right here? It could be, could be, could be, but she's not speaking on this matter yet. So I think, um, you know, I think it just bears to mention that you, you really need to take accountability for what you've done, Colton. And I will not be watching your Netflix um, series. Um, This is what he did say. Okay. He said, I would like to say sorry for how things ended. I made a lot of bad choices. That's it. Yeah, I made a bad choice too one time when I picked up sweet and sour pickles instead of dill pickles. That was a bad choice on my part. But this... Oh, bring those over to me, man. You like that shit? I love that shit. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So I, I feel like <laughs> I made bad decisions. You know, that's Mm-mm. not the apology we need. No. Keep it moving. Keep it moving, Frank. And other news. <laughs> this news. one's going to be tricky. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. This one, I was like, Shane, you had to write the outline because yeah. I'm having trouble. Like, where am I going to? Because there's so. Talk about layered. Oh, this is like a seven layer bean dip right here. Like, every, everyone's very important. Yes. I'm like, well, I just don't know what flavor. <laughs> can't just take out one. flavor profile are we going to go to? But also, right. this is very, um, this is very layered for so many reasons because it's like it gives you mental circus that yes. you have to go through to understand all the fuckery that's gone on. Yeah. <laughs> fuckery is a great word for this. Thank you. Mental fuckery. I know. Sometimes it doesn't always hit, but, but when, you, when you deliver that slaps. word, yeah. it slaps. <laughs> <laughs> it hits. It hits hard, man. It hits yeah. hard. Okay, take it away. Okay, so Rachel Hollis. Girl, go away. That's, that's what we're going to call this segment. <laughs> I'm here for that. So if you're unfamiliar with Rachel Hollis, she's an author, a speaker, a blogger, and she's currently under fire um, for her recent outburst on social media. She released a TikTok um, where she mentions that she has a house cleaner who cleans her toilets twice a week, to which her viewers... She mentioned that numerous times, by the yes, way. Yes, she did. 
Uh, to which her viewers felt like it seemed really out of touch given the times we're living in and she seemed unrelatable and insensitive. That so, was in a DM. Yes. That so was, that was in a yes. DM or comment, but that was not on um, something like a platform. Like she, it wasn't like an interview or anything. Yeah. Yes, it's on a message. Yeah. So she's, she gets this message and she just is like irritated at this point. And she kind of claps back with a a video that went viral on TikTok and has since been deleted, but I'm going to read you to what she said. I think you need to say it with the vigor that she said it with because that's the deliver. You have to you have to understand what she did. Okay, I'll do my best. We're going to okay. link this video, by the way. Um, but it's good. It's good. <clears throat> what is it about me that made you think I want to be relatable? No, sis. Literally everything I do in my life is to live a life that most people can't relate to. Most people won't work this hard. Most people won't get up at 4 a.m. Most people won't fail publicly again and again just to reach the top of the mountain. Literally, every woman I admire in history was unrelatable. In my life, if my life is relatable to most people, I'm doing it wrong. Oh, okay. In the caption of the now-deleted response video, Hollis, <laughs> Hollis listed admirable women in her history in history who she thinks are unrelatable, like, wait for it, Harriet Tubman, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Oprah Winfrey, Amelia Earhart, Frida Kylo, just to name a few. She labeled them as all relatable AF. Unrelatable. No, you said all relatable. Oh. Okay, unrelatable yeah. AF. Just the fact that she backed it up with AF. I mean, yeah. Like, don't put Harriet Tubman and AF together. Also, don't put Harriet Tubman and yourself together. No, no, no. That's, that's But I'm just yeah. saying, like, just, that's just, come on, man. Right. If, yeah. if you can't see why you can't say, that, that, no, yeah. you are nowhere near any you're, of these people you no, listed. Not even close. First of all, like. We're going to get to why you're not really. <laughs> you just need to, again, girl, go away. That's, that's all I can say to you. All right. The, 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 it gets even more in depth yeah, because how long does the video stay up, Shannon? That video stays up for four days before she addresses all of the comments and everything that's circling around this of like, oh my, what did you just say? Did you literally just compare yourself to Harriet Tubman? You did. Do you get why that is like completely out of touch? Do you understand what you've done here? <clears throat> Nope. Okay, and it was released on TikTok, mm -hmm. her Instagram stories, and her Instagram page. So that's three different areas right? that lived for a long time. Four days. Four days. Which on the internet is a long time. Yeah, it, it is. It is. I mm -hmm. mean, it's lower than, I mean, yeah. I mean, Khloe Kardashian can speak to that. Exactly. But I will tell you, that's how you know it's the real her. Go exactly. Ahead, she releases a second, oh, okay, she releases an apology. This is the first <laughs> apology. She says, this was her apology, quote unquote. Was my post upsetting because I mentioned my cleaner? I'm sure that it would make my brand more likable or more relatable if I act like I achieved all these things through hard work and organization, but that's bullshit. I want you to know that it's a group effort. So she's placing the blame mm -hmm. on her team. Her personal PR team, mm -hmm. which is not her brand PR team, but no. her personal PR team. Um, but so again, she, thinks she fails to miss the mark on why this is not okay. This is not an apology. This is not an apology. This it's like is she's an angry bird, and she yes. drew that back, and she just overshot. You're like, yes. no, she undershot. Like she was like, <laughs> 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 didn't hit it. Mm. So people start getting super. Like her fans are like, okay, this is you've gone too far. You've really gone too far with this. You've completely missed the mark on this. Like, you don't even understand why we're mad at what you say. Like, you you don't get it. Like, yes. you really just don't get it. You are so deep in your privilege and you are so, you know, 
smooth and comfy under your elitist blanket that you don't even fucking understand. Like why what you said is a hurtful, why it's harmful and why it's just disgusting. Didn't so and she it. also has been deleting a lot of the BIPOC community's uh, messages for a long time whenever they're kind of calling her out on her privilege and saying mm-hmm. like, do you understand why this is harmful? You need to get more on this kind of relatable site. She has been de- doing that for years. Right. Um, and only kind of manicuring her Instagram page to be really celebratory and um, backpatting. All praise. All, all like praise you're doing it right, allowed. April. Thank you so much for everything you do. you do. you We couldn't do this without you. That right. kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. So then she issues a second apology. Mm-hmm. Which this is still up. This is still up. I checked today. Does it have comments or did she delete the comments? No. She, okay. And that's another thing. Thank you for bringing it up. She has, she took off the comments on one of her apologies that was later deleted. So she's now trying to, she's figuring out that you got to leave shit up. Right. <laughs> you can't delete it. And um, yeah. Like okay. you can't delete you, and you have to leave the comments on. Right. You got to Tim like figure that out too. <laughs> she says, and I quote, I'm not going to do this perfectly, but I am going to speak from my heart. She wrote, I am so deeply sorry for the things I've said in my recent post and I hurt and the hurt that I have caused in the past few days. I know I've caused tremendous pain in mentioning prominent women, including several women of color whose struggles and achievements I can't possibly understand. By talking about my own success, I diminished the struggles and hard work of many people who work tirelessly every day. That is kind of backhanded. Do, do, do you not see that? Yeah. Like it's kind of, she like added, I still work hard, but like, but like it's not the same. It's I like the same, it. same, but different. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I disregarded the people whose work, whose hard work doesn't afford them financial security, often due to inherently racist and biased systems. I did not allow a space for people to voice their anger, hurt, and disappointment, which caused even more pain. I acknowledged my privilege and the advantage I have as a white woman, no matter how I grew up. Again, let's say, but just so you know, I had struggled too. Mm-hmm. But like, like, don't, well, listen, I have a story too, so don't discount me and read my books. Exactly. At the end of her apology, Hollis vowed to reflect and learn after inflicting harm through her words by listening instead. End quotes, or I quote. I know I have disappointed so many people, myself included. I take full accountability. I am so sorry. Um, it is said that she only released this apology after um, stating that she lost 200,000 followers on Instagram. She's currently sitting at 1.6 million. Um, so I just want to point that out. Okay. And the comments on that particular s- apology. Mm-hmm which her PR team definitely wrote, Yes, um, is at 13,000. I read through some of them. Okay. Um, they agree with it. It's definitely the PR team. They're like, wow, yeah. your PR team is a raise. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like any comments are being erased, but it's, a, it's I, you know, I, I don't you're, know. You don't, you're not going through all 13,000. I'm not going through yeah. I went through a lot, but I didn't yeah. go through that, that many. <laughs> yeah. So so we, we've, we've liked seeing this... Um, this in, I guess just uprooting. like yeah like we like when the the layers get peeled back of things that we kind of you know we saw a lot of things with Rachel Hollis a couple years ago that we both felt really uncomfortable and it felt a little icky I mean and I'll be honest like I read the book girl wash your face um, I know that I gave it to you and I was like, God, they read this book it's really good and there was a point where I mean I'm going through it and I'm like oh, okay you know this is funny you know she's doing a good job and like it's self-helpy but you know again she's not credentialed she's not a licensed therapist I mean she started out as a working at events in Hollywood type thing and wrote some books and 
you know, I was like, okay, you know, girl, get it, girl, you go ahead and get yourself some. Well, and since the time, it was a different time, and I and I hate to always go back to that, but it was 2010s. It was the the year of Rachel Sandberg lean in. Well, that though, okay, so like that was she wrote Girl Wash Your Face in 2018, I think. Yeah, but we were like, yeah. you know, we're still in that moment, like yeah. we're let's we're we're all like, let's mm-hmm. do this, like let's be yeah, boss babes, let's go for it. So there's there gets to be a point in her book that she's starting to quote people. And I, and honestly, I think it was the um, the uh, no shoot comparison is the thief of joy, and that was an Eleanor Roosevelt quote. And I know that because I I love that quote. I've been saying it for a long time. But she she puts herself as the author of this, and I'm like, that girl, that's not yours. Like that's no girl but a fact check like that is not your quote like but she puts her name on it and I'm like that's not okay mm-hmm. um you know and throughout her book I'm starting to see like a lot of these things I'm like I've read this before this isn't the first time I've read this concept but she is taking it as her own so like it was the plagiarism for me that I was like this is super annoying I, I mean I'm a big person like just give people credit if that's what they did it's their work they should get the acknowledgement for it if you want to say like I found this I found it enlightening and then you want to put your spin on it that's one thing, but you need to cite where you got that. Like that's just integrity 101, mm-hmm. you know, and she failed to do that. And I know for you, you had a moment where you jumped ship and you were like, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I finished the book. I think I even recommended it to a few people, but it did start to not sit well with me when I started discovering Glennon and Brene, which they are totally mm-hmm. different and they're not, they're not in the same arena at all. Correct. And, um, but and she can, wants to put, but Rachel wants to put herself in the same likes as and she's not. Brene Brown, who again, her life's mission, Brene's, is to study, and she's a professional. You know, she she's is a, a licensed researcher. She's, yeah, yes. I mean, she's got all the letters behind her name. I mean, she's yeah. she's done she the work. She spent twenty five years it. studying shame and grief and vulnerability, and yeah. she brings not only tangible like relatability stories, but she brings facts, and she also Data. brings the um, ability to guide you through your trauma, mm-hmm. not get you there and then be like, all right, good, go, go. Um, it's not like the Beyonce quote. It's like everyone has 24 hours. Everyone right. has to, No, it's not that. No, it's not that at all. It, it, the fact that when I jumped ship was when she really tried to get, she tried to pin herself as the religious person, but it was like that faux religion. And that's when I really felt like it was, her image was very unstable. What she was trying to tell me was, I, w- I was getting like the snake oil cells. Yeah. I'm like, so you're pivoting yourself towards a Christianity thing? Do you know why she did that? Mm-hmm. She... Because her books were published under a Christian publishing house. Mm. So that's the angle in which she was able to catapult into this market because she was not getting picked up by non-traditional or uh, like um, from non-religious publishing houses. Well, that makes the marriage um, Mm -hmm. aspect so much more poignant. So part of what she's selling in her rise to success in these books is um, how she's, you know, built this media empire if you will and she's married you know she has three kids i think at the time i think she was trying to adopt a fourth kid Mm -hmm. um and she's like you know you can do anything you're just the only person getting in your way is you get out of your own way get out of your own way kind of stuff and it was that saying sorry and exactly take time for yourself it was that you know kind of bulldoze mentality of like just go through girl like lean in hard and everything can happen kind of thing but what she's not mentioning is that her husband also had a seven figure salary he was a c-level you know employee at disney so it wasn't like abc guys like c-level like ceo CEO. right i mean he wasn't the ceo of disney but like he had that c-level type of um position at, Mm -hmm. at disney um 
so when you look at it like that, it's like, well, okay, no so matter no, you didn't, you, you were gonna, struggle. you were gonna be able to succeed. Like the livelihood of your family didn't depend on you creating this book deal or this media company or any of this stuff. Like you still had the financial security of your husband's seven figure paycheck to help establish and you know be a pillar in your family. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You also had the resources of, you know, she she claims all the time, like, you know, I get up at 4 a.m. Like most people aren't willing to do that. You get up at 4 a.m. because your housekeeper comes at 8 or your nanny is going to be there at 7.30 who's going to help take care of your kids. Like not taking away the fact that I'm sure you're around doing things, but that's not your first and priority goal is to make sure that, you know, you're getting your kids out of bed and everything's, you know, running well. Like you have a team of people Mm -hmm. who you've hired and, you know, there's nothing wrong with outsourcing that, but like, Again, like we always say, it's that transparency behind it that makes it relatable. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, got it, got it, got mm-hmm. it. So, you know, she goes on uh, to create these RISE conferences where she's bringing women in from all over the country. And she's doing this at MLL conferences, um, you know, at, you know, all kinds of like. And I do uh, want to stop you right there. I want to talk yeah. about the MLMs because she yes. really preyed upon these people. She did. These these MLM um and I'm not saying anything bad about MLMs. If you want to join them, that's fine. But I'm speaking to if she's really find the vulnerability here. Right. Because she's asking these women, mostly women, she's mm-hmm. targeting women. Hey, I want you to not only, you're not doing enough, you need to invest more and also invest in me. Right. And this is thousands of dollars that probably some of these women don't have. And she's like, well, why don't you? Yeah. Clear out your bank account. Eat McDonald's drive through for a week. Oh, but also I want you to work out. Don't forget yeah. about that. And then I want you to look good. And then I want get you to eight get eight hours of sleep. Get eight, you know, she's, <laughs> yeah. So she's making all these assumptions based on her lifestyle and what she is doing right. without being very super honest. So it's, it is not healthy. Right. This is not, this is preying upon these very vulnerable women who are going through massive amounts of struggle. Mm-hmm. We don't know their stories and just saying like, why not? Yeah. Why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it? And there's um, a, a point that, she likes to make is that she compared herself to um, she wanted to be the Tony Robbins of the female sector. Um, And she does a lot of the things that Tony Robbins does. She uses like that, you know, yelling techniques. I mean, she even goes to a point where she is at a conference and she tells them, I own you. And like that, you know why I own you is because you'll do whatever I say. Exactly. That is destructive. Yes, exactly. And she learns this. After the mentorship of Tony, Tony Robbins. Which she goes to his master class. Exactly. And the master class is very hard to get into. You have to apply for it. It is a... Super expensive. Oh, very, very expensive. Um, but it is a long process. I think they go in session for like 12 hours a day. And it's sometimes like five more. Five, yeah. Oh, is it five? I thought it was a week. Yeah. Um, okay, so five to seven days long. Mm-hmm. 12 hours a day. Not let out for sometimes for food or for bathroom. Literally. Like it is intense. It's basically meant to break you down and to make you see his way. If that doesn't make you be like, mm, that, that, what does that sound like? Maybe like a cult? Yeah. Maybe like, cult like? I'm getting brainwashed. I'm getting brain. Yeah. Brainwashed maybe? I don't. Yeah. And so then she takes all of these concepts and this is right before Girl Wash Your Face was released. And then she starts the Rise Conference and starts implementing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then she has all these other people start spreading her word. Right. And I think, I don't know, like, she's getting people in, in the sense of like, I'm going to help you rebuild your life. I'm going to give you the tools to do this. I'm going to give you the knowledge to build a business. Um, And at some point, I don't know what she's selling. I mean, there is like a product that she sells, right? Like um, a a vitamin or something. 
I don't know. I, I don't know why we I should, didn't. We should have probably, yeah, looked, probably up should up. looked that up. We were more concerned with yeah. her. All she's marketing is marketing. Exactly. All it's, she's doing is marketing like, the marketing. The, the big point is it doesn't matter what she's actually trying to sell you. The point that she's just trying to teach you how to market. But her tactics in doing it have also come under fire because she is not a clinically trained psychologist. She mm-hmm. is not someone who is um, well equipped to help you when she is berating you or you know encouraging you to share your trauma with your neighbor who you've never met before but she's like we all have to be vulnerable so that we can do this together and i want you to stand up and while you're doing it exactly and you're like wow that's really intrusive that's my personal story but i'm i guess i'm right. here and everybody else is doing it do you know how that how intrusive right. that is so you were literally cracking open the vulnerability like tenfold but again there's nobody here who's helping you deal and cope with what that trauma is doing so imagine that you are sitting amongst this audience and you've been asked you know if you've been raped raise your hand trigger warning for anybody um and you know like you're like shit do i stand up do i not and like if that's you you've you've now have to relive that it's it's like if you've had cancer if you've lost a child if you've struggled from a a drug abuse if you've gone through a divorce i mean these are very personal traumas and not only is she not addressing the fact that she's not well equipped to it she doesn't even have staff available right. to say hey you know what if you need to talk to somebody let me help you right we've got a breakout room you can go and talk to a therapist we can you know we can help you with this none of that Mm-mm. all of this is just to to get you down to a level that she feels she can kind of swoop in and help you get to the next mm-hmm. step and then you she's buying into your trust at that point you're buying into your trust in her and then that leads you down this really manipulative road and like I said, this is why it's like a lot of lanes, a lot of or a lot of layers, because it's not you don't see it at first. Yeah. You're like, OK, but then it's it becomes very preach like and I'm not and yeah. I, I'm not hearing if you're religious, that's fine. But it's it becomes like she wants to be your savior. Yes. And that's and she is definitely not that because she's not equipped. She has not done the hard work. Not only like she has no credentials. Right. And all she has is a master class from Tony Robbins and a mic. Right. And what she's trying to sell you to do is that like the way she did her blueprint is going to work on you. But as we all know that like that's not that's not the case. That's mm-hmm. not going to be the case on how you build success. It's not even mm-hmm. how the case on how you build, you know, any type of relationship, because what works for you is not guaranteed to work for me. And but people who are in this position of power who tend to utilize like this self-help, you know, mentality where it's like, but it worked for me. Anybody can do it. Mm hmm. Well, that's great that it's worked for you, but that's not guaranteed that someone else is going to have success from that. 100%. I do want yeah. to touch on Dave Hollis for a second. Yes. So among all the other things that they're releasing around this time, they she also starts a podcast with oh, several, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she has her own podcast, the Rise podcast, right? Yes. And then she starts one with her husband. Which they're giving relationship advice. Relationship advice. Yes. And they also like wrote a book, right? They did. And mm-hmm. I think they even held like relationship conferences. Uh, conferences. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So hold on to that. They are now they are now divorced. They are now divorced. And they came out. Dave came out publicly telling the world that they have had problems for years. Yeah. So what what are we gonna do with that? Exactly. Why is that okay to sell? Because that w- not- what they were doing was they were getting comments after comments in these you know in the you know social media being like you guys have such a great relationship how do you do it Mm. and like if you read in girl wash your face it's actually super disturbing how her relationship and how she even got into relation with her husband was really fucked up really fucked up i mean it was a i mean he just have to do it i just have to do it i just and she was like he didn't even really like her in the beginning and really was a she was a booty call for a long time 
So there was a lot of like, this was not a healthy relationship from the get go, but she had her eyes set on it. And she was like, I'm like, it's almost like I can change him. Look, if I can change him, anybody can change their man. That is not relationship advice. That is very, that is detrimental. Like that is, you don't do that. Do no. not get in relationships like that. Like it, it's Also though, she's giving relationship advice basically and like sexual advice. And that yes. was equally like, disturbing, but it's yeah. very graphic. And you know, and I, and I think like having a sex therapist or whatever, that's fine. Again, that's she doesn't have that. Right. She doesn't have the credentials. <laughs> right. So she's also taking on that hat. She's in, but, but giving very bad advice, like saying like, I can get my husband off in like 10 minutes or 10 seconds. I don't even know what that was. And then, and you should do it. You need to have sex every day. Check, basically like a check the box, right. which that's not what, I mean, clearly it's a blueprint for what not to do because it didn't work out. I mean, maybe that's what people do. Sign up for it. So what not to do? Like, yeah, if we're doing <laughs> yeah, that, like, God, we're doing it wrong. Right. And it's just very destructive. I keep on saying that word, but man, if, and this is how she's telling people to live their lives and people are actually taking this advice and she's making money off of it. Millions of money. Millions, millions, millions of money. Of mo- <laughs> millions of millions money. Of dollars. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just if you're interested in hearing more about this, we've got a great podcast. We'll link in the show notes and you can really do a deep dive on. Uh, it's like five hours. It's a long time. So if you, if and you're yes, like, we listen to it, you, of course we did. That's um, why we weren't very succinct on our, all of our thoughts and yeah. stuff because <laughs> it is so much, but th- on this podcast, it does go in deep on uh, Tony Robbins and yeah. uh, it does uncover a lot of layers about why yeah. this kind of, these tactics, um, these tactics are, are in place. Yeah. yeah. And they've been around forever, forever. Since like the sixties. Yeah, so let's listen. I know. But you know, there are some positive things that come from DMs. What? Like, you know, when Lizzo slides into Chris Evans' DM. The win of the week. I mean, let's take it home with that girl. Let's do it. Win of the week. So Lizzo comes out on TikTok, which by the way, she she manages TikTok. Chef's kiss. Yes. I can't think of somebody who does it better than Lizzo. She really doesn't. I mean, there's no one out there. So what she has done, she's hit up Chris Evans in her DM saying like, wow, this is like my perfect guy, basically, in so many Mm -hmm. words. Like, and... I one night drunkenly slid into his DMs and he definitely saw it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he came out and was like, yeah, I saw it. And evidently they didn't respond. But his response was, he's like, I've definitely done a lot worse on this platform. And winky face, like, winky, winky face. face. Yeah. <laughs> when you get the winky face. When you get the double winky face. But do you know what he's face? talking about? He accidentally yes, leaked a nude photo of himself. On, on his, his page. On his page. And I was like, oh. I couldn't. Uh, okay, guys, when I saw... <laughs> Because I remember this. This happened, what, a year ago? Two years ago? I think It was definitely during the quarantine. Yeah, it was definitely during the pandemic because everybody go crazy during the panty. Right. When I saw this, I was like, oh, I can't sleep for a while. Right. I, like, I could I could sleep right. Hey, Chris Evans. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, he is such a nice guy. I have a feeling he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Like, he puts his card away at the grocery store. I think so, too. For but sure. But I love how Lizzo's just, not, she has no shame. But also, she's like, listen, you'd be glad to hit this. Right. Like, what's, what's up? But I want to see those DMs. I do, too. Like, is there a peach emoji? Could there be? Is there an eggplant? Is there a squirt? <laughs> <laughs> she went there. You went there. I you did. Went, I, I mean, did, I did. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, the water one. <laughs> what would your husband do in your DMs? Oh. Um, if he, sl- if he, if he was slid into your DMs. He'd be like, hey, baby, you picking up dinner tonight? Winky no, face? no. He'd be like, hey, I'll bring you some water. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want me to bring you some McDonald's? Going through that drive-thru. It, that that 100% would turn me on. I'd be like, baby, you know me. Give me a filet of fish combo, sweet iced tea. Thank you. <laughs> oh, half and half. <laughs> I, think, I think Landon would have to say, look on the floor. I'm like, okay. He's like, those socks are gone. 
<laughs> and you're like, that's it. I'm like, Penny, <laughs> drop up. Pan- Penny's off. <laughs> oh, oh. Social catch up. That's all I got. Yeah, that's great. That's we great. love you guys being yes. here. Don't forget to tune in for Laundry Talk. We release them every week. It's like an additional podcast, but I with know. like a lot less filter. Sorry, Instagram. Yep. Mm-hmm. And thank you for uh, for showing up. And if you feel compelled to do so, please give us a five star review. It helps. S- send us some, you know, nice little rating. We enjoy that. Yeah, and sh- share with your friends. Yes. Keep sending those, sh- those screenshots because just tell a friend. I don't yes. get, you don't ha- actually, you don't have to post it. Just screenshot it, send it to a friend. If that's the number one way you can help support Brittany and myself with this podcast is like sharing sharing this with friends. Like mm-hmm. anybody who thinks that they're going to enjoy this, just go ahead and share it. We really appreciate that. And that just really, you know, keeps us coming back. Yeah. Shameful plug, but we love it. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Help keep the CZL momentum going by rating our podcast and writing a review. If you love what you heard in today's episode, snap a screenshot and post it to your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us.